Hey, we're back. Wow. Booyah! Wow! I want a chicken salad sandwich. Four whole chickens and a Coke. Hey, we're back. What? Hi, I'm Mark O'Brien. I'm Michael Rosso. Hey, I'm Mark Dalzell. Hey, I'm Leslie Lazenby. Hey, I'm Matt Mirage. And this is the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot traditional film photography. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We are once again in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thank you, Mark O'Brien, for inviting us back. You're welcome. Good to have you here. It is awesome. Mark <laughs> is from Ann Arbor. Matt and Leslie uh, drove, I guess, up from mm-hmm. Ohio, mm-hmm. and Mark Dalzell and I flew in this morning. My arms kind of hurt. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> bum. It was kind of fun because I got uh, in a little wired because of the Mr. Brown iced coffee and because I, I got up at 2.30 a.m., mm. you know, up at 2.30. Mm. Get in my car. Get to Mark's house. I'm yelling yelling to Mark from, from my car. I roll down the passenger window. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Mark, what did I say to you? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I was like, oh, hey, I, I, I thought I was driving. Oh, you were offering to drive. That's right. I'm like, no, no, I'll drive. I did not. I handed you window. a bag of cameras through the window. <laughs> he did. We got in my car and flew to Michigan, and now your car is sitting in my driveway with the window open. <laughs> So we're in. Oh. Yeah, I know. Well, it's okay. It's not going to. No rain is in the forecast. So we're in the airport, and this is uh, in. We're in Newark or Detroit. We're in Newark, and it's like five in the morning, and there's no one there except for me, myself, Mark, and two guys, two random guys. And we're ta- we start talking about cameras. We're like, you know, chit chatting about this, that, what's in the bag. You know, and all of a sudden, like, guy next to me just starts talking. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys talking about cameras, huh? He's like, I, I got him. He's got a Maxim 7000, and yeah. he's got his. He said some kind of old wooden camera that was his father's, and going on and on. And- one in every bunch. Yeah. Well, two. There was two in this bunch. So for the first time ever, thanks to Mark, which uh, I hate to break it to you guys. I remember those Christmas gifts I sent you of those uh, those oh, yeah. business cards? Mm-hmm. Well, they actually weren't from me. I, oh. I had a feeling they were from him. I didn't have a gift for anybody. That, so I just sent Mark. Mark gave them to me to give to you guys. And I was like, great. I'm just going to send them and make believe I give them. It's from everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, Mark. Would you, would you printed them on like jiffyprint.com or something? Zazzle. Oh, Zazzle. Yeah. No, those are good cards. Yeah, they're pst, high quality cards. I've never had cards before. So I'm in the airport and I'm thinking, I have three cards. <laughs> you brought three with you. I, I, All yeah, three. So I'm like, who am I going to give cards to? So the, the one guy, his Maxim, Minolta Maxim 7000, he's like, it was, it's broken. But I'm like, you have all the lenses, don't you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, listen. Here's my card. You send me an email. I'll be happy. Maximum 7,000 bodies. I'll be, here's, here's where the show is. Listen to the show. Send me an email. Get that gear back into service. Mm-hmm. Right? Definitely. And then. I think you stepped away, and then the other guy. I went to go buy a Coke, and then the, the other guy who was sitting so, there walked up, and he walked up to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, so into cameras, huh?" I thought, oh, "Reach my wallet, yeah, my card." <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy with the grandfather with the wooden camera. Oh, that was him. Oh, that's right. I was thinking. I was like, "I'll be happy to help you to you know give you a you know minor evaluation so you can sell it on eBay." He's like, "No, I don't want to sell it." He's like, "I want to give it to you guys." I'm like, "Great, here's my card. <laughs> here's another card." Wow. I'm thinking one card left. Got into Detroit. 
Went to the budget <laughs> rent-a-car. Got the car. Detroit. We landed in Detroit. <laughs> we dug ourselves up from the hole, right? <laughs> the guy at the budget rent-a-car. I've never uh, seen someone so cool and calmly, so professionally. Ups- you want to upsell me on everything. Would you like satellite radio, sir? You know, for $8 more per day, would you like insurance? This is the first time ever. It was weird how he just came out of nowhere and was like, yeah, that's great. So I got your reservation. And a Durango is a really nice car. If you want to get a Durango, we can bump you up to the Durango. I'm like, no, no, just... <laughs> Exactly. And he then was, he was like, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, oh, he's like, oh, so what are you guys in what town are you doing for? Here? What are you guys doing? But then I started actually telling him, yeah. very excited, and Mark's looking at me. He's like, this guy doesn't care. Don't. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, that's great. That's great. I'm sure. You, and he, the guy said, he's like, I'm sure you take some very nice photography. I thought we were going to make a beeline right to Ann Arbor, but no. <laughs> Mark came up with a great idea. And your idea was? Uh, it was random. I, as we were landing, just for some reason, the fact that I was in Detroit. I've never been to Detroit before. And uh, I was a big Gordon Lightfoot fan because I'm Canadian. Mm-hmm. And the idea of going to the Maritime Sailors Cathedral, as mentioned in the record, the Edmund Fitzgerald somehow got stuck in my head. So. We took a little detour downtown. And mm-hmm. as Mark's God driving, I, ha- I, like, I have my camera ready, and I have a vision of this beautiful cathedral in, like, a, somehow thinking, I don't know why, in, like, a countryside. Uh, idyllic setting. With a cemetery behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally on a highway median. <laughs> the church is stuck. As a matter of fact, he drove into the church, like, oh, well, let's go to the parking lot. And it's a toll booth behind it. It's the customs. Going, it's the Canadian border. Going to Canada. We're like, oh. so to make an illegal. The church is stuck on a median. It's oh. literally on a median. I had to walk. The closest we could park was four blocks away. I had to walk four blocks to get to and the church. And by that time, I was just a little, like, bummed. And Mark, I, I hung out in the car, and Mark got out and took his picture. Yeah. But you were very happy. I was happy. It was a silly thing, but I was happy to do it. Gordon Lightfoot, Canadian. Yeah. Mark Dalzell. <laughs> Canadian. Yeah. Michael Rosso. American. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leslie Lazenby. 13 generations American. Is that right? Uh-huh. And the rest of you guys are American. Uh, I have some Canadian ancestors. Those okay. guys came across somewhere. Yeah. Then we got back in the car, made the beeline right to Benny's Family Restaurant, uh, which I immediately took a picture, put it onto the Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, then who responded? Uh, the gent from Desmond, Desmond, yeah, who who reminded me that we're Facebook friends. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's great. Went to Benny's, had a great breakfast. Mark Dalzell gave it two thumbs up. Very good, which is good. rare. Good. I'm picky, and because I, I bring Mark everywhere in New mm-hmm. Jersey to my favorite places, like oh, Mark's gonna love this, and he's always like, eh. I'm a diner aficionado. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good diner. From Benny's, we skipped over to the thrift. Store. Yes, we did. We did a little detour over to the Recycle Reuse Center of Ann Arbor, which is run by Ann Arbor Waste Management. Of course, then uh, Matt Mirage broke out his uh, video gear, which I was very excited about. Yeah, we did a little, did a little interview stuff, did some B-roll. It was yeah. fun. Did my first ever sort of like on-the-fly kind of video, like, hey, I'm outside the Reuse Center, Mike Rosso here, and come on, follow me inside. <laughs> We're going to see what we can find at this Reuse Center. <laughs> it was really pretty funny. We, and what did you find? We found a box of plastic cameras. Yeah, that was it. And they were really kind of dusty and dirty. Okay. And then it's it was pretty great. <laughs> it was. You can find this, by the way, on the YouTube. It was and, Geraldo in the yeah. Al Capone <laughs> vault all over again. But my tip of the day was, if you're going to go thrifting, Bring you know, some have some batteries. Because then you could pop them in these cameras and you, single frame. You could you could test them right away. Yeah. You know, when you do bring enough batteries, though, you're always going to find the camera that has a battery that you didn't bring. 
We we do, it happens at Midwest all the time. Somebody brings their camera in, and it takes you know it just takes the weirdest battery. And we have a pretty yeah. eclectic selection, and then just something weird. It's walks like in. oh, I got my CR one two three. Oh, like, like, these oh, a CR two. Oh, yeah. this runs on a, a piece CR of plutonium. Oh, okay. Another little tip: don't throw those batteries in with the change in your pocket. Do not. No. no. Oh no. Why is no. that less hot? <laughs> hot potato. Yeah, it'll get hot, and then you start doing the dance. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I always put a little piece of tape around. There you go. Yeah. Hot pockets. Good job. From the thrift, we we didn't purchase. Well, actually, did any of us purchase anything? Oh, actually, yeah. Uh, Mark bought a flash. Bought a flash, yeah. Well, some little, a little Kiko Japanese 70s. Two dollars? Two bucks. From there, I'm a we, sucker for flashes. I have like 100 flashes. Mm. From the uh, reuse center, we hop, skipped, and jumped over to the Camera Mall mm-hmm. in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we shot another quick video piece with Desmond. <laughs> Made them shut the place down. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I, you know, it's just, if you're in Ann Arbor and you want film, yes, that is the place to go. It's the only place to go. I probably go there more often than I should, but it, it's like, or I work at the university and I'm about a 10-minute walk from that store. So if I'm at work, I can just pop out at lunchtime and go buy a camera or go <laughs> buy some film. And last week I bought a, Fu- a Fuji Instax Mini. So that was Ooh. first time for one of those. Oh, I didn't realize that was new for you. Yeah, I had never one. owned one before. Yeah. In my town of Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, I I do not have... I have a local, just about everything, a local record store, local diner, local Tony's Touch of Italy. Ooh, the best. <laughs> but this, there, it's really dry when it comes to like a camera store that promotes and, and supports film photography. So. Yeah, and I like the fact they carry a lot of... Um, use cameras there that are film and they're all in pretty nice shape and I know they showed you that uh, Canon A1 there. In bo- NIB new inbox. Yeah, that was that was pretty minty. But folks listening tell us about your town. If you have a great camera store, go-to camera store that supports film photography, give us a, a holler here at podcast at filmphotographyproject.com Yo! And uh, tell us about you know your store, what they sell, what you like about it. Your, how about your wish list? Do you wish you had a store? <laughs> and that that kind of just brought us around, and here we are. That was our exciting day since two thirty a.m. Long day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Long day. Oh, speaking of camera stores, yes, there's going to be a new one in Columbus. <gasps> Midwest Photo Exchange is moving to a, to a bigger, better building. Oh we're, my gosh, you've been there forever. Twenty eight years we've been off a of high street, and mm. we're moving uh, easier highway access. We'll be right off I seventy one. Just. Hop, skip, and jump off the highway, and uh, still going to be in Clintonville. So we're still loyal to the you know the tight local community that we're in, uh, but we're going to be getting three times as much floor space. We are also going to be getting a dark room, black and white printing classes. That's film. Re- yeah. Very exciting nice. news. Yeah. Do you already have a lot of FPP listeners coming in? Uh, pretty decent. I I probably if I don't hear I hear at least from FPPers on the phone once a week, and I probably see you know one or two a month. You know, just kind of come in, say, hey, how's it going? Unexpected. And then, like, you know, we have our regulars that also listen to FPP, that and, shoot film. And for folks listening, tell us the name of the place and where it is again. Oh, sure. This is Midwest Fo- <laughs> <laughs> This is Midwest Photo Exchange. Until, until June, July, we're going to be at 3313 North High Street, Columbus, Ohio, 43202. But we'll soon be moving to uh, the... The I-71 exit at Weber Road will be right on Silver Drive. So 
It's going to be uh, a nice space. So if you've ever been to Midwest Photo before, you'll know that uh, everybody is fighting for six, oh, all of six parking spots. Yes. Uh, in the back lot. <laughs> and now we're going to have 60. Awesome. So that's going to be uh, a big deal. So it's a, it's 60. A, that's a lot. Yeah. Yes. We're, it's an old uh, like t-shirt printing warehouse that we're like gutting and it's uh, yeah. it's – Higher ceilings. It's gonna feel no basement <laughs> loading dock. Oh, sweet. It's crazy stuff! It's gonna have a, a more unique kind of feel, like unique photo. That's. Yeah. Will you be involved with building this dark room? I, I am. In fact, we're gonna have some topics here, probably on some upcoming shows, with some tips about uh, getting dark rooms put together. And it's gonna be called a public dark room, or is it like a club? It or uh, gang. We're gonna. I think we're gonna have it more like a club we're still uh jury's still out on that but definitely pub- going for a rentable public darkroom is the goal because there's nothing there's uh, there's local mm-hmm. colleges but you have to be a full-time student so you can come in and you could develop your film mm-hmm. it will be a la carte menu or you just come in and you can do, do whatever you want in the space it's hourly so like you can just do what you need to do okay and do you think it's going to be affordable it's it very much so because i'm uh i'm helping with that too so will there be students student discounts Absolutely. Student discounts, MPEX, loyal discounts, so all sorts right. of good stuff. What are your thoughts on the public darkroom? Do you think it's going to be a pop? Do you think it's going to be popular? Well, actually, um, I've, you know, of course, I've always been pushing for a darkroom or, or some, you know, push forward with the film community at Midwest. And it was it was one of those things that you know when you're one when you're one guy always pushing for it, that doesn't mean too much, you know, since you're not. On the customer side of it, you're just on the you're on the back side of the register. But we started uh, we announced late last uh, December that we were moving, and there was little suggestion cards. And the number I don't know if this is because we had some loyal FPP listeners that that chimed in on it, but the number one response out of all of the suggestions was public darkroom. So that was really cool. The customers wanted. Now, do you think because there'll be a darkroom that the film community at uh, MPEX will become more tight-knit and maybe possibly we could do like some fpp event in the future oh no the, we're definitely moving You'll in that direction for it, the space uh, the people who are already vested and, and just like just like unique there's going to be the learning studio space currently at midwest that's across the street right. so now it's all going to be in one nice neat location where we could just flow will people have access to chemistry like a university darkroom or will people have to kind of like bring their own jugs it's going to be it's no, no bring your own the only thing that you bring your own of is paper okay so uh, all the chemistry is going to be pretty tightly regulated and that's just for for customer safety and for our safety there's a lot of liability involved in these, these sort of things yeah yeah, yeah and, right. and you don't want to mix you know throw something bad in the batch how about um a C4, C41, is that on the table? Um, it was. It's looking like no for the moment just because there's a lot of overhead in upkeeping that sort of equipment. And we work really tightly with the only other lab in town that does uh, the color side of things. So it's uh, no for now. So, That'd Matt, cool. this is very exciting news about the public darkroom. Oh, yeah. As we get more details in, we'll uh, we'll continue the update. And um, we'll have probably have a grand opening date. It's looking. It's looking like July at this point. It's one of those things when we first heard about. It, oh yeah, April, May, next week. Uh, you know, May, June. So it, it, you know, it could be September at this point. Uh, speaking of news, since we're kind of talking about you know newsy kind of stuff, we missed it because we were on our winter break. Uh, the folks over at Cinestill on the West Coast, the Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. They had a big Indiegogo brouhaha, as I would call it. 
Whereas they said, hey, we're going to, we really want to jumpstart this 120 format Cinestill film. Mm -hmm. And then I guess they were drinking too much caffeine themselves. They said, hey, man, if we reach this goal, we're going to break out and cut some four by five. But some questions asked on Facebook, I posted about the Cinestill and Sean Galbraith from from Canada. Mm A uh, friend of the FPP, met him at the PDN Expo. People are still confused. Like, he had no idea. Like, he's like, is it a positive film? What, what mm. is it? I think that there are still a lot of people who really don't know what Sinistil is. So if you go to the Sinistil website, they do break it up pretty easy. But you th- the thing is, I take things for granted because I know a lot about film. So I know about motion picture films. Mm-hmm. You know, I shoot motion picture films. But for a layperson, it, it just gets confusing. What? What does that mean? Is there a, where can I get it developed? It says cross-process. What is that? I, I, I like to keep it nice and simple. It's Kodak motion picture film that these folks at Cinestill put a special treatment that removes the black carbon base. The Remjet. Yeah. Remjet, which basically what they are selling, even though they're selling cross-process, I think that confuses people. It's a C41 film. Yeah, because it's ECN2, which is just... C41. But yeah. but now that they stripped that Remjet off, it is a C41 film, and that's all people want to know. Think of, like, um, uh, Camera Mall. That's all they right. want to know when they see a film. They just want to see right. a C41, mm-hmm. simple, mm-hmm. because when you talk about you know, ECN dash, like, most people don't... That freaks them out. Freak, yeah. I mean, E6, well, a slide freak people. Yeah, a sure. la- it freaks a lab out, and those right. are the people that are, you know, souping your film. If they, yeah. I've seen what some folks will do. They'll if they want to get something cross processed, they'll like you know sharpie out where it says E six or some other process because they don't want their lab to just like send it yeah. back to them unprocessed. And, and you don't want to run that film through a standard C forty one without having that backing removed because mm-hmm. that lab will never let you through the door again. But, but see, this is already confusing. See. I'm playing the layperson. Well, okay, I don't understand. Uh, but Cinestill C forty one. That's what you need to know. They've removed the problem. Yes. But most people don't even know there was a problem. Mm. See, that's mm-hmm. until you start asking. See, no, I guess See, the answer yeah. is don't ask any questions. <laughs> Just shoot and shut up. <laughs> because when you start asking questions, that's when the well, what is this film? Where did it come from? Who makes it? What? Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. that's all the questions I saw. But it's like you know what? Just be happy. There's a new film. Mm. Well, what's exciting, Matt, who works at MPEX, keeps telling me, you know what people look for? High-speed film. High-speed, High speed, that's all they ask for. And this is what Cinestell Film is, well, the, the, the original film they released mm-hmm. in this one, it's, it's 500T that they're releasing as an 800 ISO film. Mm-hmm. And it's, it has no problem going to there. It's yeah. C41, and it produces very good images, and it gives you a different color palette than the Portra 800. Mm-hmm. And what is the Fuji equivalent? Uh, 800Z. And both the Fuji and the Portra, those high, those 800-speed emulsions are getting super expensive, and they're getting harder to you know just be able to maintain stock on. So, I mean, having Cinestill out there is a pretty cost-effective option. It's very similarly priced to other 800-speed films, and it's going to have a good look. Which yeah. is what people, that's all they want. They want to put it in their camera and they want to know it's going to look good. So folks listening, to, as of today, this campaign, you could, you could see it online. It's over. It's called, you could just, you just type in Cinestill Indiegogo and you'll see mm-hmm. the, what the page was, mm-hmm. what it all is about. 
So if you did not take part in it, you, you, I'm sure you could still commercially buy these films once they're made available. Yes. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lag period between the close and when they just open it you know, yeah. back up for everybody else's stock. But a lot of folks that are shooting portraits on 120 film have been screaming for 120. They needed – Cinestilk folks needed the cash to produce it because the film they're acquiring is Kodak 70 millimeter film, which needs to be slit down. Okay. And then the backing paper, like the whole, you know – Mm-hmm. The whole yada yada. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot to get those runs to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's why there's yeah. those group orders for the big stuff. It's but not, it's not trivial. But uh, Mark O'Brien here asked. He's like, no, I've never shot Cinestill, and I'm happy to give to you. And this is uh, this is how I received this. Uh, FPP listener sent this to me. <laughs> Pills in this pill box. <laughs> Whoa! And it is uh, it's the first batch produced of Cinestill. Hold up that pill box. <laughs> Hold up for me, too. So this is Cine Still, uh 800 ISO film. Okay. X-Pro C41 for low light. Okay. Yeah, not that it would matter because Mark O'Brien is doing it now his own color processing at home. Ooh. That's right. That's right, folks. Yeah, that's right, folks. Using the Unicolor kits. Yeah. And it's easy. Yeah. But uh, best of luck to those folks. You guys wow. listening could just type in Cine Still in your Google and see what that's all about. It's kind of exciting that people are out there. The Google. Coming up with new formulas, new batches, mm-hmm. new, new fun stuff. This would make a nice segue into that film washi, wouldn't it? Sure. We're talking about new film. Why don't we take a break first? You got it. <laughs> Hey, real quick, I want to mention, back in January, I did a film of the month. Film of the month means that here at the Film Photography Project, in the store, we had a special going on for Retrochrome, FPP, Color Slide Retrochrome. Back then, it was $2.99 a roll. What? What? $2.99? That's crazy, right? What? That's madness. I can't buy anything for $2.99. It was berserker. I was very encouraged by the response, and I want to say thank you, everyone out there that ordered. Not only did folks order just the special film, but what's great about running the special and the support I'm getting from folks is that they ordered other stuff, too. Ordered some Kodak film, ordered some Shemina Black and White, ordered some photochemistry. So I want to thank everyone. You're helping keep the podcast alive. Now here, March 15th, this episode, the special is, and this was a huge hit last year as well, Developing Film at Home has been so popular. I'm so excited about this that I have two specials. The first of which, you buy the Home Kit E6 Color Slide Kit. E6! E6! And yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Mark. And you will get two rolls of FPP Retro Chrome Color Slide for free. Plus slide holders. Ooh. Say it ain't so. It is so. Uh, Retro chromes coming from the hands of Michael Rosso. The slide holders are coming from Imagine That Shop, Leslie Lazenby. There's enough for two rolls. There's 48. 48 slide holders. Mm-hmm. So what you're getting at no additional cost with the E6 kit is Mark uh, O'Brien's writing this down. Yeah. Yeah. You get, to, and this is, you know, we only have a limited amount. Starting today, March 15th, you get Rapid E6 Home Development Kit for Color Slide. You get 48 slide mounts, so you cut cut your film and you put it in the slide mount, so you could have a home projection show. And they're easy to scan that way. What show? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're getting mm-hmm. two free rolls of film. Spectacular. But wait, that's not all. I know a lot of people 
like to develop their own C41. And the most popular mm. kit is the Unicolor C41 kit, usually popular. C41. So if you buy the C41 kit, and this is only good till the end of the month, you get two free rolls of uh, FEP Shmina Color. And the reason, too, because most people have a tank that holds you know, two rolls oh, yes. per. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one-liter kit... You could pour that. It fits perfectly in sure a two-roll tank. Two free rolls of film. No additional cost. You're getting free film. Awesome. And I really want folks out there to get into you know home processing. So get to it. Of course, you will need the basics to do this mm-hmm. at home. You will need a tank, a funnel, thermometer. A room with no light. It's a piece of cake. You have you just, the stuff you, already. You just think, oh, it's not. It's yeah. a piece of cake. Yeah, I'm pretty Everything's sure. Everything's time and temp, but with color, it doesn't matter if it's 100, 400, Shmina 125. One time. One time. I think everything but the dark room you can get from filmphotographystore.com. Mm-hmm. A room with no light? Uh, you can get your tanks, your reels, your beakers. A room with no light? Your thermometer. And I'm sure if you, you ask, sell dark they'd bags? send you a box of darkness. We sell dark bags. All right, there. One they stop. got a dark room, too. <laughs> One, stop. One stop shop. Well, now is the time. It's mm-hmm. here. Yeah, it is here. So that's our special. Go to it. Excited. A room with no light. Hey, we're back. Hey, let's read a quick letter. And I've been talking too much. Who wants to read a letter? Anybody? I'll read a letter. Great. I've never read one on here before. Oh, all right. Okay. This is from Dan Schneider. How to pronounce your name? Dan Schneider. <laughs> Just wanted to say hi. Hey, FPP guys. Long-time listener, first-time writer, inner. Thought I'd <laughs> drop a line from the high country here in Colorado, where film is the only way to get to the resolution needed to capture our mountain's majesty for several reasons. High country in Colorado. Now, does that oh, yeah. have many oh, meetings? Oh, now? there's multiple entendre. Yeah. Yes. You can thank John Denver for that, right? Mr. Rocky Mountain High. Absolutely. Yeah. Mr. Calypso. Don't get started on John Denver again. Okay. <laughs> First, I've been listening since before you guys figured out how to pronounce Alex Lux's last name. And I look forward to every show. <laughs> it's pronounced it. <laughs> I may, see, may have even been on the fence about the sound effects at one point, but I'm a true believer now. C41. One, two, three, forget about it. Dawson Luna Pro F. One, two, three, forget about it. K-14. C-41. Dawson Luna Pro F. One, two, three, forget about it. K-14. I want to be sure that you guys know how much I and others in the film photography community appreciate all your hard work on the shoe. What shoe? What shoe? What second? I thought I'd reach out and invite you all to participate in and spread the word about expired film day. As you are all so positive about using past its prime films, I hope it will be up your alley. I've arranged some film giveaways, although by the time you get and or read this letter, it may be too late to enter the drawing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and a contest with lots of fun prizes for the film community. If you or anyone else is interested, there are full details at http colon slash slash bit dot ly slash expired film day slash nice third i keep seeing 100 foot rolls of 46 millimeter ectochrome on ebay and i'm wondering when will the fpp start offering 127 retrochrome in the store <laughs> is there even a chance yes yes thanks guys and keep up the good work cheers dan hey dan thanks dan 
uh, folks who follow us on Facebook may know that the this is Chapter 2, by the way. FPP Chapter 2. Chapter 1, we were in Butler, New Jersey. Chapter 2, we're traveling, and we have our new location in Fairlawn, New Jersey, across the street from the old Kodak plant. I have more space, so now I have a nice, big, long, empty table. Ooh. So I could, you know, start doing a little DIY, you know, hand-rolling of the 120 Schmina. Mm-hmm. And start looking into doing when I say small batches I'm talking about small batches of 127 which Leslie you and I have chatted about a lot yes we have and maybe we've even come up with some solutions that I've completely forgotten about it's possible uh, spool no problem that could be uh, uh, temporarily uh, uh, 3D printed 3D printed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the backing paper I have a small amount of just old backing <gasps> paper of one of 127 Oh, we can fix that we can, can fix that yeah you can, can. you can do like you do at the parts store when you buy a new alternator they got a core charge you have to if you want to buy a roll, you have to submit a, a spool in the backing paper <laughs> do we have a line on some opaque paper yes we do more than one way but it won't be numbered that's not a problem. How's that? Well, okay. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about that. Off. You just yeah. get a stamp, and you can just figure out where the parts. And <laughs> even, I've got back. an even better solution. Oh, okay. Yeah, a magic marker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of us. Well, most of us. I can't speak for anybody here. Uh, you know, we're one twenty-seven. I, I don't know who these people I are. Love one twenty-seven. I love it. John Fideli in his little Ishika 44. He loves that camera. Mm-hmm. Do you own a Ishika 44? Yeah, I do, and I have... I just saw it in the basement. He, yeah, he saw it in my camera stuff down there, and also, but I I like the little Kodak holiday brownie. Oh, Are the star yeah. flashes, yeah. that whole series, yeah. they're just fun to use. Yeah. I've got in my short pile of cameras to test is I've got a Coronet 3D camera, yes. 127, that yes. I'm dying to use. Oh, yeah. Mine failed. Does it shoot in oh, 3D? Really? Yeah. It's a... Yeah. A, Binocular, oh. stereoscopic camera. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm dying to use that. A so, girl in uh, MPEX's web department, she shoots 127. No kidding. See? Only FPP film. Get yeah. to work. Whoa. We, we just sold ha- 10 rolls right there. Have, Get to work. Get have to any work. film we want with this. You just tell us what you want, we'll make it. So we're working well, Mike on... Will. He's got the long table. We're working on some new stuff. And, you know, I really hate to give out all these gifts in one show and this show, but I have another gift from Mark uh, O'Brien. Oh, boy. Speaking of... This... Uh, now... I may have given this to you already, like a different show, but I don't think so. What show? What, exactly, we're talking about hand rolling. We're talking about a prototype. This is a 120 Shmina color. Ooh. Did I ever give you that? No, no. So That's awesome. Way back when, I'm talking like a year mm-hmm. ago, I bought some 120-sized film of Shmina color and Shmina 64, FN 64. Mm. And it's in my freezer. With the grandiose idea that I'm just going to start rolling 120 and offering it to our listeners, which is fairly easy because I have tons of backing paper and I have tons of spools. But yeah, I just need that darn space so I can mm-hmm. like stretch out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I have it. And uh, Mark O'Brien has w- w- the last prototype in his hand. Wow. I, I, I feel blessed. Yeah. There's no guarantee there's actually 12 exposures <laughs> on there. That's okay. It's probably. There's no guarantee that... Of anything these days, right? Yeah, that's true. But what's you know what's exciting? The fact that you're going to be shooting this and processing it yourself. Yes, that's true. With my Unicolor kit. Yeah, that's great. So uh, I look forward to you. Enjoy that. Oh, I will. I look forward to seeing your results. And for folks that have been writing in asking for larger format hand-rolled film, I'm pretty excited that this year I could, you know, start cranking out a few really, like, uh, what would you call it? homebrew batches. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that 64. Uh, oh, slow, yeah? Sl- slow speed color is good stuff, yeah. Yeah. I just got done shooting some uh, 64T. I love that stuff. And Mark is uh, 
you're a big fan of FN64, Shmina. <coughs> yes, I am. Uh, one of my favorite films. Um, I like the. I just like the the grain in it, and I also like the the tones I get out of it. Now I have some gifts for you. Oh, nice! I have here a Canon flash Ooh. for the EOS old EOS system. I'm going to describe this since it's radio. <laughs> well, now what's great about this is that I actually brought describe it. I brought my Canon, one of the last model film cameras that Canon ever made. The Canon EOS Rebel Ti. This Speedlight 300EZ flash. Thank you, Mark. Oh, you're welcome. This is for Canon EOS mm-hmm. film cameras. Yeah. And it fits perfectly. Listen to this. Oof. Perfectly on top of my uh, Canon EOS film camera. I'm going to shoot with this tonight at the Pizza House. Okay. Now, I have no guarantee <laughs> on anything else. <laughs> it just sits there. Well, let's see. Clean. Nice and nice. Clean. Am I, I going to be able to bum four batteries off? I of you? think you can probably bump something. Okay. Yeah. So, and the other thing I have for you is the Milner Cinemeter. Oh. It's an in complete and little leatherette case. It is a, an extinction meter, I think, type of thing. Um, cinematography meter Whoa. from way, way, way back. You should get another one and have cufflinks made. The first thing I would do, or earrings. <laughs> well, earrings. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I would do is say, Mark, man, how's this work? Yeah, exactly. Mark, Mark Dalzell. Isn't that beautiful? Wear it like a metal. Awesome. Pasties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comes with a little instruction booklet. Where did you find that? Uh, I don't know. The stuff shows up in my, in my <laughs> boxes of things, and, you know, it, who knows where it came from originally. And for Leslie, I have a, a, a small box of Polaroid postcarders. Ooh. I love them. 25 for only 95 cents. I think there's less than 25 in there. Uh-huh. Make a sturdy postcard out of a Polaroid land picture in a jiffy. Yes. There you go. And try and get it through the U.S. postal system. <laughs> but oh. this is the um, – there's a, there's a little tray that these fit on. Have oh. you seen the tray? No. I have the tray that goes with it. Oh. And it – the way everything fits in, and there's a thumb hole in the bottom. You lined up, you lined up, you pop it out, perfectly aligned on the back of your photo. Very cool. I figured it'd be right up your Lilies. alley. Lilies, right at my old address. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Man, it's just chock a block of news today. It, it is. Our good friend Jimages, Jim Austin. Oh yes, Jim Austin. Uh, Jim has launched uh, a photo publication pronounced Shizen. Oh. Or Shizen. I'm what not quite sure. Or maybe you're I'm supposed to you go, asked. Shazine! Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Inspired by moments in nature, a lifelong devotion to the gift of seeing. Mm. Your free PDF copy of this quarterly magazine is just three clicks away. Why not one? Uh, I don't know. But folks listening, <laughs> this is our good, good friend Jim Austin, uh, Jim Austin, and you can just go to the Google and just type in Jimages, J-I-M-A- G-E-S. The Google. I think it's jimages.com. Yeah. I went there, and right on the homepage is the publication. Oh, great. So uh, I just want to uh, hats off to uh, Jim Austin uh, for keeping in touch with the FPP and, mm-hmm. and uh, relaying his adventures uh, in photography. As you know, he is floating around the world. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you get that two-liter bottle that floats into your address, That's and you right. don't know what's in it, but it's good things. As a matter of fact, uh, mm-hmm. Jim also sent me uh, some music, Salty Paws, 
And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break and let's 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 you know sail out with some tunes. We'll be right back. It's not the living of Liverpool that graves me, but my darling, when I think of me. Hey, folks. Michael Rosso here to talk about this podcast. That's right. This very podcast is sponsored by you, our listener. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast, please consider donating some dollars to the Film Photography Podcast to keep us going in 2016 and beyond. Your donation of $1 per podcast, that's $24 per year, will help keep the lights on here at the FPP studio, pay all the fees associated with keeping the podcast going, fuel our student donation program, our free workshops, and a heck of a lot more. So please do consider, head over to filmphotographyproject.com, click the Donate button, and please consider donating to your favorite podcast, The Film Photography Podcast. Hey, we're back. Before we get into the topic, long delayed topic, uh, Mark, how do you feel about reading a letter? Love to. All right, settle in. To the FPP crew, thanks for such a fantastic podcast. Over the past several months, I've been catching up with episodes from 2014 and 15. I'm now pretty much up to date. I've been spoiled, though. Two weeks between podcasts is too long. That's the problem with the binge. (laughs) (laughs) from what i've heard your interview with terry o'neill in episode 87 was by far the best interview you ever did i also loved the one with the ferrania rep i also like matt's feature on the workshop with alan ross great Mm. stuff i shoot mostly digital these days but i have some film cameras including a pentax spotmatic 2 contax rtx and nikon f55 which is a superior choice to the F-100, but that discussion is for another time. Whoa. (laughs) Strong words. I know. Fighting words. I want you to know why I don't shoot film much, and I think this is important. Yes. I don't know anywhere, at least in my country, I don't know what country he's in, which offers developing and high-resolution scanning at a reasonable price. Mm. The only place I know of that offers reasonably priced scanning only gives you one megapixel JPEGs. How big is that? Pretty tiny. It's very small. It's not a lot of pickles. No. No. Not a lot of pickles? No. At another lab nearby, I once asked the owner if he could do TIFF output. He said no, because JPEGs were better. He got all up in a TIFF about it? (laughs) It's hopeless and possibly beyond redemption. Even some fancy American labs get it dead wrong. The scans are high resolution, but they cost way too much. 
And photo scanners, even lab scanners, almost always exaggerate graininess. I like green, but why exaggerate it? When you see green in scans of 6x7 negatives, and you see it even when the scans are scaled down to web resolution, something is very wrong. Only the flex-tight X5 scans properly, but it's slow and expensive. Even if it was cheap, I don't think I'd use it. I want to slip in there and say, it drives me crazy. I use Silverfast, mm-hmm. and it defaults to auto-sharpen. I have to remember oh, every yeah, time I know. Yeah. to go back to do nothing. I don't know why it does that. You listening, Silverfast rep? Yeah, Silverfast mm. rep. I've seen straight scans of high-speed Super 16-millimeter frames, which look better than scans of 35-millimeter Tri-X. Cine scanners don't exaggerate graininess. So why must we, humble photographers, put up with this? <laughs> A good film scanner should cost about $500, should be quick, and should be simple to use as a paper shredder. What are you... This letter's priceless. Keep going. <laughs> the cost of film is tolerable. Some of the cheap emulsions, like Fuji Superior, are beautiful. I think they look better than Portra. But without proper scanning, what's the point? Maybe the solution is prepaid film, just like Kodachrome used to be. And speaking of Kodachrome, I'd like to make a daring prediction. It's going to make a comeback. No. 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 And it was never prepaid in the U.S. It was illegal to do that. Was it really? Yeah. It was, that was only hey, European. I'm reading here. Sorry. <laughs> and speaking of daring predictions, 35mm will be more popular than DSLRs in a couple of years. High-end DSLRs have nice specs, but they're big and expensive, and the smaller ones offer nothing over mirrorless systems. Conventional sensors will not replace film, but Lytro might replace them both. Mm. Lytro's cool. I don't know about replace. Once you understand light field cameras, you'll stop being impressed by fast autofocus and high resolution. I do have a few comments. <laughs> Firstly, in podcast episode 104, wait, let me just read ahead to make sure he's not criticizing me. Nope. <laughs> Firstly, in podcast episode 104, at the 10356 mark, someone mentioned wow. that film can't be pushed beyond a stop. God, I hope that's not me. Well, have a look at the attachments to this email. It's a short magazine article describing a photographer who pushed Fuji Pro 400 negative film by three stops in 1985. That's right. 1985. Even people who love film underestimate film's capability. Maybe fast-paced digital technology makes us forget how capable film actually is. How long did it take for digital sensors to give a usable image at ISO 3200? I don't think anything before the Nikon D3 could do it. Another thing which I think you should mention, Super 8 cameras expect tungsten-balanced film by default. So when you use a daylight film like Ektachrome 100D, and if your camera has a manual filter switch, you should set it to tungsten. The tungsten setting removes the warming filter from the optical path. Before 100D, there were no daylight-balanced Super 8 stocks, which is why it seems so confusing. From what I remember, I don't think you explained it right. Uh, it's uh, I'm still reading here. <laughs> still? <laughs> I think film has a bright future in both photography and cinema. The three, closing. The three, <laughs> exactly. See attached pages. The three biggest films last year were all shot on film, Jurassic World, The Force Awakens, and Spectre. I can't wait to see Carol shot on Super 16, which looks amazing, judging by the trailer. Thanks once again for a great podcast. Karim Gantus. Oh, he's in Australia. No, ah, in Australia. Oh, you nice know what? That Jurassic was... World was done there because then it just confirms those dinosaurs were real. That was an awesome letter. Yeah. All right. That's a long letter. Well, we should talk about the topic that we've been promising since we're talking about new film stocks. Guess about a year now ago, the folks at Filmwashi, uh, what is it, Lom- Lomig? Yes, Lomig Periton. Uh, sent me an email saying, hey, you know, we're coding our own emulsions. Would you guys like to try it out? And I said, sure. I knew that Leslie Lazenby was the perfect person to try out these emulsions. Leslie is excited. Those are cool. W- you know, wants to get out there and shoot. 
always is good, great with new emulsions and can sort of give sort of like a, a, an overview because of her experiences in the field and working retail and working in your own dark room for so many years. What are those, Tootsie Roll wrappers? Yeah. What is, what is, that, what is that car? Perfect timing. Packard. It's a, oh, it says Packard? It's oh, Packard, it yeah. If you look at it this way, it's yeah. bust into straight. These. So as a layperson and as a listener, from a listener's perspective, what is film washi? Film washi is the world's smallest film company. Film washi was launched in 2013. Their flagship product is handcrafted by the president, Lomig Periton, in Paris, France. So what's so different about this stuff? It's called washi because it's not coated onto a polyester acetate base. Now I sound like Rush Limbaugh, don't I? It's uh, it's on paper. In fact, washi paper, which is washi is Japanese. Yeah, it's yeah uh, for handmade paper. Handmade paper. Mm-hmm. And typically, it's done with um, the, the uh, gampi tree or the masumatu shrub. Or this co- is really Koza, nice paper. Yeah. Um, mulberry, mm-hmm. also bamboo, but it is a paper-based film. They offer it in 120 and 620. They offer it in 4x5, 8x10. They will hand-cut hey. sizes for you. And I'm afraid the, the first batch that we got to test was having all kinds of problems with it. Then we found out it was a coating problem, and he sent some additional. So I have some successful four by fives but not really in the 120 and the new batch of 120 was much much better it is orthochromatic which means it's blue spectrum sensitive Mm -hmm. so you can load it if you have to under a red safe light you can process it under a red safe light which when this is a pretty high contrast film and when i well we'll get to the the sensitivity parts kind of out there but um when you have the 4x5, it is notched, so you know how to load it. Nice. It's a little tough because sometimes it'll have just a little bit of a cup to it. It's paper. Yep. So don't get it in the wrong slot and put it into the uh, you know your dark side slot. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to modify a back just a little bit so I wasn't pulling it all the way out, but I was pulling it out far enough. Sometimes when I'd pull it all the way out and put it back in, it would just ruffle that paper up. Ooh. Oh, some days I don't have the temperament for that. Open it up, rip it out, start over type of thing. Um, Got that down. It was great. The 120, though, I had from either time was flawless in loading. I I don't know how picky a Hasselblad film holder is, but I loaded it into those. It transported well. Absolutely no problem. It's usually if it's it's got a good backing on it, it should be all right. And it, it did. Without the spacing was fine. Um, Wait, let me say a side note just while I happen to think of it, because I mm-hmm. know this happened with the polyester 120 film. It won't work in a Rolly Flex. I'm not sure about this. This is thicker. That's what that needs oh, is rather it? than it's thinner. Oh, it's so thin. I thought it was thinner. Well, you got to put the paper backing on it yet, too, because it does have the original, it does yeah. have a backing on it. Okay. Um, I That did cross my mind is yeah. if that would hamper it or not. Every package you get comes with a neat text sheet. Uh, exposure guides, and you expose it for the type. When I say the type of light, bright light's best. They recommend 25 speed. It gets a little overcast. Then they really drop that ISO down, but not in the same proportion as you would simply opening it mm-hmm. up for the light loss. It's a little bit different, like a reciprocity failure, in fact, but for much faster film and shorter time. 
They also recommend for this that you use Paper Developer. So his times were for Tetanol's Ecobrome or Elford's PQ Universal, which I have none of. Mm-hmm. So I use Kodak Dectol. I a, knew it. Another paper developer. <laughs> you listen to Mark? And um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Diluted it one to two, but like I would for paper. Oh, are those negatives or positives? These are negatives. Oh, they are. They negatives. are negatives. Uh huh. Can I see one? You sure can. But what is the purpose of having a negative? Print? It's just what it's this uh, particular coating really is sensitized for. So how, rather than. But can you put it through a reversal, black and white reversal thing, and make it? I don't know. I wonder if you I don't know. Because we just had a discussion earlier because I just started I'll, using the Galaxy paper too, which um, I'm having oh, trouble with. 17 bucks a roll for 120 You could experiment with it and find out. Yeah. So, and keep in mind when you process this stuff that it, the 4x5 was okay. I'm used to processing in a tray. You can't put the 120 on a reel. The second you do, it simply oh. turns. Oh, I think you could load it on. It'll be in mush, yeah. It turns into a wet paper towel. Ooh. Uh-huh. So what do you so, do? Tray. So I used, I used a tray, kind of like a trough. I had two old film clips that are very, very wide, and they covered the entire end. And then I kind of did the, the rocking motion up and mm-hmm. down, right and left arm type of thing. And that handled... Very well. It, you have to be a little careful. A little pinhole may scratch. And then when you flatten it, because it doesn't come out anything close to the sample I'm showing everyone here, you have to put it in a book for a couple of days just to get it this flat. But you're scanning through that, and you're expecting to see the, the paper fibers anyway. The look really is, once scanned, you scan it like a piece of film because you need the light to go through it. You're picking up your image and your paper fibers. It textured. Very, very, very graphic looking. Yeah. Very graphic, but also very vintage. It was really fun to try. It's interesting to process. Just, you know, keep in your mind the differences over traditional film. It needs to be hand-developed. I later on was sent some more film from Film Washi, and I was talking to the guys at the darkroom, and I told them what I had, and they said, um, we can't do that stuff. No, I said, no, I, I can do that. This definitely needs to be hand-developed. Currently, if you go to the site, which is Lomig, L-O-M-I-G dot F-R, you can find out where it's available. It's available all over the world now in various places. Used to be a few months ago you ordered this only from him. Now he has distributors. On an average, these are pretty accurate today, but 12 sheets of 4x5 in the U.S. is about $34. 28 euros sheets so matt you want to pick up some eight by ten six sheets is 63 dollars Ooh, start saving my pennies it's got it or 56 euros that sounds like a bargain it does uh-huh uh, a 120 in the u.s is 17 dollars it'll direct you to who is selling this film here in the u.s and they also sell it spooled on 620 oh and that is no Twice as much, $34. So here we would just get the 120, bust our butts over to the FPP store, get us some 620 spools, spools. and just re-spool it. But can you re- so, would it be difficult to re-spool because no. it's not actually oh, took, it's on backing paper? It, it is. And I, and I actually, because I wanted to split my time up, I actually went in and cut the 120 in half. I shot part of it and then simply moved the film forward so that when in I knew I was on number one again. That worked very well. I just didn't know where the end was, uh, you know, type of thing. I know you said it comes out very graphic. I just took a picture of your negative and yes. inverted it. It's amazing looking. It looks like a pencil sketch. It does it's because beautiful. of those fibers, which yeah. is, yeah. So oh, yeah. 
This almost maybe a little yes, better, yes. nicer than the scan, actually. I don't yeah. know. But since this time, he's added more films to his lineup. 35 millimeter, in fact. And we have a sample of film X and a sample of film Z. Z. Now, uh, the film X, and I'm going to read his description, or their description. It's a panchromatic, negative, maskless color film. Then that would be C-O-L-O-U-R film. Of course. Of course, yes. Yes. (laughs) With a nice grainy texture and a high color saturation. It's maskless, transparent base. Hmm. Also, offer the possibilities to process it as a slide film with clear and warm results. Originally designed for road traffic surveillance, its unique texture makes it a perfect way to catch, catch the best moments of your life. Well, he sent one roll of this, so... I want to experience both of them and cut them in half. I'm going to do one C41 and one in E6. And I did send both of my rolls to the dark room. I didn't want any little home processing areas I might have to make a difference here. As recommended, I shot the E6 on 400, and they recommend if you do the color that you add a minute to the developing time. So I dropped the ASA a little bit on that since I was going to have it commercially done just to give a little more punch. And the E6, as described, was warm and clear. It looks very much like outdated E6 film. There was no D-Max black, very flat, has the look of outdated film. It was interesting. The C41 version, very vintage palette. Can we back up just we a can. second? Thank you. Uh, we talk, what format are we talking about color? 35 millimeter. Thir- this is 35 millimeter hand-coded? No, this is no longer hand-coded. This is the this commercial road traffic surveillance film. Oh, so this yeah. is not a washi film now. This is this washi film, or film washi is the company's name. Okay, but it's not on paper. No, now he's selling these it's traditional 35s. Yeah. Okay. Like well, well, surveillance. I, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted oh, to see so E6 on paper. It was burning And, my, and of course, that would take a multiple low. color type of thing. Now you mentioned yeah. a color slide. What, is it a color slide film, or is it a color print film? Um, they don't really tell you. They just say you can shoot it either way but that that would but apply i'm thinking if since it's road traffic surveillance film it probably was a native negative c41 yeah negative like a hawkeye kodak hawkeye i think so traffic surveillance yes. type film but i'm but when i did the c41 i did not get the palette of hawkeye surveillance okay it was to me not pleasing what is the iso 320 400 to okay, 320 okay, okay. yep so it looked to me like a vintage 1970s postcard where everything is cyan, oh. <laughs> and there's no real pop in the primary colors like the red. And to mention that it has a nice grainy texture, yeah, very much so. So that particular film, which is the Film X, not too cracked about. Then they also sent a roll of the Film Z. 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 Yeah. Z. Film Z. Film Z. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Their description, again, is originally designed for aerial photography. Mm -hmm. Film Z is a very good choice for landscapes, offering good separation of green shades. This is a black and white film, but green shades, and it is high contrast, and red sensitivity is perfect if you want to shoot under bad light conditions. It is, I stopped their description, a near infrared or IR film. So I treated this like an IR film. Threw my 25A filter on, Mm -hmm. sometimes with my polarizer. I did load it in total darkness. The processing sheet and text sheet that came with it gave an X-tall 
recommended processing time, right on the money. Lots of other developers too. And uh, also if you shoot something like this, whether it's this or FPP's IR and you have that little window in the back that tells you if you have a rule of film in your camera, cover it over with a piece of black tape. Mm My recommendation for shooting the film is to shoot it at bag speed, not box speed because it doesn't doesn't come come in a box. box. It comes in a little bag. And I also use F-16 so I don't have to worry about compensating for exposure shift. But the film has an amazing look. It's beautiful. I can't imagine what it's going to look like when we have foliage. Pretty, pretty awesome film. It has nothing on it once processed except numbers that appears like this film was bulk loaded because they go beyond 36 and into the 40s i can't remember if this film said infrared on the edge or not to be honest with you i've got one that didn't i think that was the rolly but my only fear is my only fear is they only have small batches of this okay and it's not going to be around a long time so go so, get it. So, you know, get it, try it out. But that's Film Z. Since I believe they've added some other film alphabets to the soup. Nice, nice. But um, it's really nice to see this little company get out there with some things that are really different. I didn't really feel I totally mastered the original uh, film, the washi, film washi. One exposure sometimes is a little heavy. The next time I shoot, it seems to be thin. I shot two of my favorite models, the red-haired, very light-skinned person, the medium-skinned, very black-haired person, and she didn't even show up on the first round. The red hair did, and the white skin. The other one, where's Cheyenne? She was there, but just barely visible. So... It's fun to experiment with, and now there are sources in the U.S. to purchase this, so shipping becomes much easier. And that's film washi. Now, it's kind of interesting because the emulsion on paper almost harkens back to the days before they they had actual celluloid to put film put the emulsion on, pre-roll film days, and they would actually have it on a um, another backing. They'd strip it off before they had the, the regular film. And so then they would make take that what they stripped off and make the prints from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it because if you try to make a print through the paper backing, you would not get what you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. This sounds would like be really good though in larger formats because then you would have the the fibers show up in a large picture, whereas if in a small one, I think it would just be it would just sort of be too much. In the in the way, handling it and processing, I think it'd be a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, um, this is really hands on. I don't think you can really tong it uh-huh. using tongs. Like I said, it's a piece of wet paper towel, and you don't want to abuse it in there because you'll get cracks in it and pinholes in it, easy to scratch. Wow. So um, definitely artsy. Mm-hmm. Put it up in the bottom of a tray, face up, maybe, and just do a gentle rock and keep yeah. those corners from folding in on themselves i wonder if you could take it afterwards and then put it in a dry mount press and really flatten it i'm out. sure you could probably yeah. would be best yeah. even possibly even spritz the back with a little photo flow water mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that it has a little moisture in it before you actually dry it good idea so it's rad stuff mm-hmm. it is yeah well thank you leslie you're welcome so folks who want to go check this out can they what is the url do you know sure it is i wrote it down here for us Lomig, L-O-M-I-G dot F-R. Okay. That's it. WWW and all that good stuff, and you're there. Exciting feedback, folks. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. 
this has turned into what I'm calling the new film show. This show, watch show. Watch show. We're talking. <laughs> you know, we're talking about new films, and we're going to stay on topic. Uh, that means we're probably going to bump your 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 segment for the next show. What show? Uh, when we come back, Matt Marash is going to be talking about Burger Panero, and no, that is not a new chain store <laughs> or a place to eat. Or and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody! You know, back in 2010, yes, way back in 2010. I started chatting about, like, hey, why doesn't FPP, why don't we make our own 620 spools? Because at the time, back in 2010, it was so difficult to find a 620 spool. And, of course, 620 film is nothing more than 120 film. It's the same film. The only difference is the 120 spool and the 620 spool are different. 620 spools are much thinner, and they fit into the old Kodak brownies, some of the Ansco cameras, and just some of the 1950s. 50s, 1960s cameras that quote-unquote took 620 film. There's no reason not to shoot with these cameras. You can get authentic, newly produced, mold-injected 620 spools right in the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So you can now roll any of your favorite 120 films right onto a 620 spool. Or if you don't want to roll, you could just buy 620 film right in our store world's largest selection of 620 films and it's growing every day get out those kodak brownies you will be amazed at the amazing images that can be made on those old kodak brownies get out your 620 film 2014 2015 and beyond 620 film thank you much hey we're back matt tell us about burger film yeah so um burger <laughs> middle of last year maybe it was no it might have been a year ago actually burger so a company that was more known for its papers and used to make film was kind of back and they have a a new panchromatic emulsion called pancro 400 it's in i believe it's in 35 millimeter and then right to sheet film sizes no 120 at the moment that i know of but uh it's a really neat film And the person who turned me on to it and just kind of reminded me that it was out there are our good friend in the UK, Mr. Dave Higgs. Ah, Donker Dave. Donker Dave. So he uh, he said he was trying some out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can get a box. And I immediately, first thing I did, I didn't even look for like retailers. I, I went on eBay just to see, hey, what you know, what will happen? There was a guy selling some on eBay. It turns out he's one of the US contacts for distribution on there. So he was selling direct. Good price. Uh, it competes price uh, dollar per dollar with uh, Ilford HP5. So it's a uh, 400 speed black and white panchromatic emulsion. It's more t like a traditional film. And I tested, I bought a box, 25 sheets of 8x10, and I tested it right alongside 25 sheets of HP5. And one thing I didn't do was shoot uh, boring sheets of test charts and brick walls. I just went out and shot it. Like, right. like shoot it like I'm going to shoot it. So I, I had 25 film holders. By the way, I have a problem. <laughs> I, I, Lauren will kill me if she actually knows. So Lauren, you, she's not listening. Uh, <laughs> I, there's 42 film holders at home. So I actually had the enough film holders. I could load 25 holders each side with one HP5, the other oh. side with burger. So every time I took a shot. It's a real side-by-side. Side. Just flip mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And uh, 
I first half of the box, so I did twelve sheets where I shot it exactly like HP five. I shot it so in what I, my process and everything, I shoot HP five at two hundred. So I shot Burger at two hundred, and then I process it in my pyro. It looked great. I did a, it was I had a studio shoot. We had a model. Uh, I was at my buddy Tariq's studio at the uh, the Milo Arts Building downtown mm-hmm. Columbus. Awesome, and we had a great model make up the whole shebang and per, you know good controlled lighting and the negatives look fantastic somehow the negatives look better than what was coming out of my hp5 better separation in the shadows and in the in the highlight areas of everything when treated the same and then the second half of the the box i did you know freaking trees i did some landscapes <laughs> and i took it down to hocking hills and i did my thing down there this time i shot it like burger suggested they have a great data sheet that comes with their stuff and uh, and it comes in a really nice box too. It's like this like this faux leather kind of box. You, like it feels like you're presented with something. Shooting it like Burger recommended was even better. They recommended I shoot it just at 400, and then in pyro they had a pyro time, which was crazy. 18 minutes. It felt long. I usually do like 14 mm-hmm. minutes, and then the dilution was they had me add more dilution and add more time. So about a stop of time and a stop of dilution. Well, some extra contrast with the dilution, and it looks it looks even better. So I was able to pull off some crazy, crazy contrasty stuff and have good detail in it. And having a little more speed is cool, too. And I have some uh, – I have, like, a full video that we're going to have up for, for folks to watch. Oh, great. I'll have scans. And I made some prints. I actually left the prints in the hotel room. Stoops. But this uh, – the craziest thing about the burger, folks, if you are still a traditional printer, you do silver gelatin, contact prints, enlargements, this stuff prints like a dream. The really? HP5, I usually need to add a little bit of dodge and burn to get yeah. where I want it. This stuff was almost straight prints, which is insane. And, and who was actually making the film? Oh, they're they're making they are they're it, making the film. Was this a crowdfunding? How did you how did you hear about? No, they this? just announced it. They they put out a press release. Uh, the photo blogs picked it up for a hot second, and then like everybody forgot about it. And then around the same time, people started seeing B and H had Galaxy Photo Paper. They were listing. They were also listing the Burger film on there too and then burger was also starting to roll out some some new papers um mm-hmm. late 2015 early 2016 and uh that's when i started hunting for it and it just looks it looks great eight by 10 film i think it's 10 bucks a box less than uh ilford and then for four by five it's five bucks a box less so and that's u.s prices u.s prices actually seem a little bit better on there than than europe prices and that's usually not true for most european films like most of the time for us to shoot FOMA or you know anything from overseas, we have to pay a higher price and not the case with Burger. So, Are you going to continue to shoot this emulsion? I'm probably going to buy a few more boxes for some special applications, but it's definitely a really promising film. Um, if I hadn't purchased a case of <laughs> Ilford prior to testing mm. this film, it might be a different story. Uh, as it goes right now, uh, we already don't have room for food in the freezer. Gotcha. <laughs> I got I to gotta move that along first, but... I would definitely shoot it again. I would have no problem uh, just shooting it and knowing I'm going to get good results. And anybody out there who's looking for a fresh sheet film to try, it's not every day they have something ready to go in sheets and it has a good look. So if you are a traditional printer, uh, the burger films are great. I'm going to be testing out the papers 
pretty soon because they um, I have never tried their papers. Mm. And if you are a alternative process printer, they're uh, they have their new Burger Cot 320, which is their classic uh, platinum palladium paper too. So, wow. how much is a 35 millimeter roll? I want to say like in the five six dollars range. Oh, well, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, it, it's yeah. right. I mean, basically, it almost looks like they took Ilford's pricing sheet and they just cut it by a little bit. They're very, they're very much after that that customer for it. And this is a product you can get at B and H. Uh, B and H has it. Uh, I believe they're selling direct on eBay, and I think Freestyle carries it as well. So. Okay. And fingers crossed, Midwest having it soon. Very nice. It's not often we get all this news about new films. Mm-hmm. You know? No, it's not. It's pretty exciting. We're very excited. Beyond. We need some brown. We are out <laughs> in space in a new. Yeah, We're yeah. out in space in a new galaxy. Oh. <laughs> now, what about folks at home who uh, uh, talking about all this new film? You mentioned Galaxy Paper. That's a, mm-hmm. a positive paper. It was uh, kickstarted as a direct positive paper. High speed. Mm-hmm. High speed. And Important, the, yes. Yeah. All, let's say hyperspeed, wasn't hyperspeed. it? Hyperspeed. Hyperspeed. Well, compared to what was the... Ilford was like one, one, two, so. one, one point five. <laughs> and this yeah. is one hundred and twenty-five. One hundred twenty-five. What is the name of the positive paper that Joseph Brunges donated? Oh, Harman Direct Positive. Uh, the direct what ISO positive. is that? That's like one or one point five. Oh, okay, like that's low. Mark yeah, has used that, but that's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gal- Galaxy has a sample picture on their website of a pinhole picture taken at a volleyball game with the ball in the air. Like the idea of being able to take a pinhole picture of somebody mm-hmm. playing volleyball is crazy. And you, Mark Dalzell's experience was that you processed it and you came up with a negative piece of paper. I'm just an idiot, so I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know anything about anything. And I got in on the Kickstarter, and it said, "Hey, this is positive paper that you can develop in traditional black and white chemistry, and it comes out with a positive image." So, not knowing anything, I bought. I bought it. I shot a couple of shots. I threw it in my D76 because that's what I use for everything, and it came out negative. And I emailed the company and said, "What? You know, clearly I'm doing something What's wrong. Up? What's wrong?" And they said, "Oh, well, you need black and white reversal chemicals, which mm-hmm. I never even knew was a thing." And that's where I've kind of ground to a stop now because I don't have any of that. But I, but I think that if you did get the chemistry kit that they offered, it, I think all of that was just shipped. Oh, absolutely. Well, yes, it's because, I got because the Kickstarter this... level that I was on, I didn't mm-hmm. get the developer because I thought, oh, I've got developer. I don't need yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't realize it was a different thing. So mm-hmm. that's my own dumb fault. But, yeah. And it's nice. It doesn't freeze because it sat outside all day when I got it. None of my chemistry was frozen. Oh, so. that's very good. Now, why is it that like the Harmon paper, which Mark O'Brien brought some samples, that you could just use Kodak Dektal developer mm-hmm. to get a positive print from what you shoot in your camera. Mm-hmm. But you cannot use that same chemistry on the Galaxy. Correct. It's just not... Or, or you'll just get a negative. Or you get a negative. Oh. Does the Galaxy paper have a sp- special formula to get a positive from there? They paper? actually are selling... My paper came with a chemistry kit. What happened to your kit, Mark? Oh, Mark Dalzell. I didn't get, get a kit. I just the bought kit. the paper. You could buy it either way. You oh. could get it with paper or you can get paper with developer. And I thought, well, I've already got developer, D76, uh-huh. so I'll just get the paper without realizing... How many sheets special. do you have left? Well, I bought. I got twenty five, so I have twenty three left. Why don't you just buy the developer? Because I don't want to badmouth it. The developer is very oh. expensive. Oh, so for me, as kind of a novelty, I think the, the developer kits are about fifty five dollars for the gallon or for the half gallon, I guess it is. And uh, I'm not. I'm probably not going to shoot that much more. The mm-hmm. reason 
I I was so excited about this in the first place. The very specific reason was because I wanted to be able to use. I have a, a Mandel PDQ um, postcard camera, an instant postcard camera from the 30s, that uses a Monobath developer. So, the taking these multiple steps of having to use Galaxy's developer and trying to create a Monobath out of it is it's just not going to work. So I'm just going to cut my losses now. Mm-hmm. Monobath R5, they got you covered. Monobath. Monobath reversal? Well, no. No, no. That's no not, not reversal. Yeah, That's what I need, I need. I need a reversal mm-hmm. Monobath. Get cooking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm just going to go with the Harmon, I think. Folks wow. listening, don't feel bad. I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> which is fine. So the, the Mandel PDQ is this really cool, uh, we'll talk about it hopefully someday in the future, this really cool postcard camera from the 30s where it took rolls of positive paper you would shoot. There's a crank on the side that cranked the, the paper down into a developing tank. Yes. You chopped it off. You wait three minutes, and you pull out a finished photograph. What so year? You, ooh, 1936, I want to say. Is this predate Polaroid? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh. basically a camera in a darkroom in one box. Yeah. Right. Remember that uh, that Afghani photographer? Yeah, yes. the, the Afghan yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah. It's the Afghan mm-hmm. camera type of idea where you, know, you take it down to the boardwalk, and you, you charged, I think it was... I mean, they suggested it would think it was eight cents a shot. And, you know, a, a kid could get a Mandel camera and make a good living for himself selling postcards down on the boardwalk. And it's a beautiful camera. The one I have is in beautiful condition. It works great. And, I, and when they first came out with this, I emailed them and said, is there any chance of you making roll paper? And they actually mm-hmm. went out. They bought a Mandel. Galaxy bought a Mandel camera to research it. And I never heard anything more about it. But now, again, now that I've found this other extra wrinkle because the Mandel mm-hmm. requires a monobath developer, I don't know. I'm sure there are thousands of people listening right now who are yelling at their speakers. Do you, know, do you know the formula? So Write in podcast yes, at filmphotographyproject.com. I'll give you an ounce of each of mine and you can break it down, send it in, <laughs> have it analyzed. Yeah. I doubt that I'll ever well, shoot but, all of mine because I got it in five by seven. But I have to my, mix them all together you know, to make the, the, the I know, that's I know. The, and that's that's what size is yours, your Galaxy paper? Four by five. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's the, that's the Galaxy story. And the Harman paper comes in fiber and RC. And I, this is fiber. That is a nice paper. Fiber is the good stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it, gives, it just has a tactile yeah, it does. presence yes, it does. to it that you just don't have otherwise. It's, it's well, beautiful. Yeah, it feels like a postcard. I, I have an idea. When we so do, nice. uh, whenever we have our shindig at MPEX with their, in their new darkroom, mm-hmm. plenty of space, plenty of parking, <laughs> Mark Dalzell and Leslie, you bring your galaxy paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie, you bring the chemistry. Oh, gotcha. Showdown. And we, oh. just, we shoot it up. We have folks that are that visiting us would shoot be it. great. And then we go into the, the MPEX darkroom mm-hmm. and we develop this stuff up. What do you think? It's Perfect. a plan, right? You're, Mark, can't, you're not going to shoot it. You can't shoot it too fast. I, I, I've got about I, I just three holders it, yeah. for my 5x7, but right. in and out. What's Harman stuff called? Harman. Direct positive. Just yeah. call direct positive. That's re- regularly available. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you, I have some sheets, Mark Dalzell, if you want to do a, tr- do a trade, sheets. as you would say. Like, hey, man, let's yeah, do a trade. There you go. That would be great. It, and be the, fun. The, I don't know if they've changed the formulation or not, but the, the thing with the Harman paper was they suggest that you pre-flash the film uh-huh. before you use it yep. within a reasonable t- time period before you use it. Don't pre-flash it and then wait a month or so because the electrons go back to a neutral state. Did and you then pre-flash it? No, I did not pre-flash it. That's why it's so contrasty. It's very contrasty, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really good if you want to do pinhole photography because, it, A, it's a slow paper, but you can also get a positive, too. So I, mm-hmm. I still have some left. I gave a, a box to uh, Marcy Merrill for uh, a camera, the box I hadn't opened up yet. But the uh, stuff I still have, I think I will 
probably try and use it up this summer. Wow, folks. What a show this has been. Uh, <laughs> we've covered so many new things. Before we go really quick, we got a... Well, I, I received an email from folks that have been listening a long time. We'll know the name. Doc. Florian Caps. Doc. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, the, um, the person who started the Impossible Project. Well, Doc is now with a company called SuperSense. I believe it's S-U-P-E-R-S-C-E-N-S-E. Yes. SuperSense. SuperSense. If you Google it. Well, SuperSense, this just came in on the wire. SuperSense has developed a lens that works with the Impossible Lab. Yep, the Instant Lab. Yes, Yes. it's called the Impossible Instant Mm -hmm. Lab. What is the Instant Lab, Matt? Uh, The Instant Lab is uh, their own uh, camera, and it takes uh, Instant Lab film. So the camera has the, the power, and then the packs in that don't have a battery in them so they're a little bit different from your standard impossible films and it just makes uh, makes the exposure from either a uh, smartphone like an yep. Apple or Android and now there's other options past using smart technology you can turn it into a legit camera right and this apparently snaps on top it's a lens mm-hmm. so you could use your instant lab as a camera wow yeah. so they've used SX70 original lenses ooh and then he's also putting uh, shutter on them so that you have manual exposure. Yep, control. little copal press shutter right yes. on the front. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe this is a, for a limited time only. Uh, I believe they're offering 44 units. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as of this date, uh, March 15th, go over there, get one. I think it's about $250 U.S. Somewhere in there, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out. Uh, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com is the email address. We do need to hear from you. For those missing uh, Mr. John Fideli, you can find us on the brand new uh, Vinyl Record Podcast. You could just Google Vinyl Record Podcast and hear us chatting it all up. Uh, and of course, we, this gang, will be back in two weeks to talk about more fun stuff. I wish we could stay longer, but we can't. we got to go hit the rickety road, and we'll see you very soon. Ooh, kitty cat.